When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Stores. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, the Lakerholics at Lakerholics.com, and of course, our great friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. Well, welcome back. It's been a busy week for me coming back from the islands, the beautiful islands of Hawaii, and I'm just so glad to be here. I've shaved off my Robinson Caruso beard. You notice I said Caruso in honor of the guy that's no longer here with our team. Jamie is very mad at me right now, Admiral Akbar himself, because he's now stroking the beard that I no longer have. But you know what? I wanted to go ahead and stay on the good side of my family, so I did take it off. So I'm really happy that I now am allowed back into the house and able to do the show. So I truly appreciate everyone out there. I am back. Thank you so much for, in the two weeks I was away, for allowing me to go ahead and put up some great interviews. And for those who were part of it, the Lakerholics crew, Jamie Sweet, Joe Sorrell, cannot thank you enough for being a part of those great shows. They did very well numbers-wise, and I truly appreciate it. And it's all because of you, the listeners out there, that that's the case. And I cannot thank you enough for taking the time, even in the off-season, when everybody's talking about schools, when they're talking about work, when they're talking about vacations, that they still took time to go ahead and listen to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But we got a little bit to talk about on today's show. The end of the Marcus Saul era, once again, has now happened. Marcus Saul, who at the end of the Olympics, the tail end, indicated that he would be coming back and wanted the last year of his contract picked up by the Lakers. So he indicated he would be coming back to the team. But in recent weeks, there was kind of a cloud and a question whether or not that that would be the case because there were more and more hints and rumors that Marcus Gasol actually would be better or was for himself and his family if he was going to stay in Spain because he was thinking and pondering that maybe he should stay in Spain. And ultimately, he indicated to the Lakers in recent days that he is 
going to stay in Spain, at least for the time being. I think he's working out as far as a, a team is concerned that, that either owns a, a part of an ownership stake in, or he's going to be work, doing something with his brother overseas in Spain, working out on the team and whatnot. And he may come back at some point in time to the NBA for one more season. But for now, he is on, he is in Spain with his family because he was traded over, his rights were traded over to the Grizzlies for, and also along with the Grizzlies, uh, that was traded, I think, a second round pick and some cash were traded to the Memphis Grizzlies. In return, the Lakers got the rights to a Chinese player that I would be very curious about, seven footer, 250 pounds, about 27 years old. Actually, today, earlier today, my, my good friend, Mr. Rafael Barlow, who will be an upcoming guest on a show that's coming up in the near future, he actually is going, he actually spoke very highly of, and so I want to go ahead and get everybody the word out there that Wang Jilin, Wang Jilin is the individual who we have the rights for in trade from Gasol. This is the second time that the team has traded Mark Gasol. Remember in the, way back when in the Pau Gasol trade, he was traded for the rights to his brother because his brother was still playing overseas at the time. But Marcus has had a great career and he, you know, should be lauded for it. Appreciate his time with the Lakers. But here today to talk about the end of the Marcus era before it really began. And also the replacement that they made in, I guess, response to this, because they, I, I'm assuming that the Lakers got some sort of sniff that this was going to happen because they went out and after the Brooklyn Nets traded DeAndre Jordan for other considerations, just to really get the money off the books to Detroit, Detroit waived him. The Lakers quickly signed him up. I think with the impetus on that, that and this is the, the way that they want to move to, as far as that's concerned, reminding people of what worked for them, or at least what they think worked for them in 2020 in the bubble era. But here today to talk about that and the arrival of DeAndre Jordan, our three great guests indeed. First up is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Goodbye, Marcus Hall. Hello, DeAndre Jordan. And hello, a return to the style that, Yes, it did ultimately get the Lakers a championship, but I know it's the kind of like the style that you wanted to get away from because it just gives you a now another big guy on the team that's going to take more minutes away from Anthony Davis at the five. Yeah, that's always my concern every time we look to add a center to the roster. Um, I'm glad this was a trade, if you will, where we, were, where we got rid of one guy when we brought in uh, DeAndre Jordan. Had they kept Gasol, I would be very concerned because then we'd be back into the same situation we found ourselves last year, which was three full-time centers plus Anthony Davis. As a consequence, Anthony paid 10, 10% of the time in the regular season at center and just 20% in the playoffs. That was a dramatic decrease from 40% of the time in the regular season in, in our championship year and 60% of the time at center in the uh, playoffs for the championship that year. So it's an interesting it's an interesting scenario because there obviously are factions in, in the Lakers fandom who don't want to see Jamel uh, don't want to see a traditional center start and want to see the Lakers have Anthony Davis start and the talk in the preseason about how Davis had uh, agreed to play a lot more minutes at center in order to allow for more shooting to get onto the floor 
has raised a lot of hopes that that's where the Lakers will go. There's a lot of people, I think Gerald expressed the same opinion in the, his introduction, that a feeling that what the Lakers are trying to do is to, to repeat the same center formula that won in the championship in 2019 and 20. Um, and that's basically to have, let's say, either either Dwight Howard or uh, Andre DeAndre Jordan start and play six to eight minutes at the start of the game and the start of the second half, just basically as a minutes eater, so that there's fewer minutes that Anthony Davis has to play against the five. And when you think that they got rid of Marcus All and brought in Jordan, there's an argument to be made that that's a reason that that's evidence that the Lakers are going to go back to that same formula. I happen to think that's not evidence of that. I think it's evidence that the Lakers really want to have a rim protector on the floor at all times. And you can't do that with Marcus all because he just doesn't have the lift to really protect the rim correctly. I also think too, that you can't ignore the reality that if you have three superstars on this team, none of whom are more than average three point shooters at best, that you need to dedicate the other two spots to guys who can shoot the three so we can create spacing. So I happen to think that uh, getting rid of Gasol, who is the only other potential floor spacer, is an indication that at the least we're going to see a lot more minutes of Anthony Davis at the center, even if he doesn't start. Um, I happen to think that there's a good chance that he still will start. And a lot of it will depend on what we see from from Dwight Howard and and uh, DeAndre Ayton in the pre in the training camp and preseason. Um, they're going to have to either show that they can really play a dominant role in the first six to eight minutes of each half, or Anthony Davis is going to be forced to start the game. And I, uh, my my bet, my hope, I guess is probably a more appropriate term, is that the Lakers will realize this and we'll we'll see Davis play primarily mostly his minutes at center at the start of the at the start and the end of each half. I think that that's the proper role for him. It's the position he plays best. The Lakers are at their best when they do it. Jovan Buha, the Lakers reporter for The Athletic, basically said that he also felt that the acquisition of uh, Jordan and letting Gasol go was a positive was another positive sign that the Lakers may finally be accepting the reality that they need Anthony Davis to start at the five. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. We'll see what happens in camp. I don't think there's a chance in the world that DeAndre uh, Jordan starts. I think that if we went with a route of taking a traditional center, Dwight Howard would be a much better defender at this point in time and a much better dunker at this point in time uh, than than Jordan would be. But I'm still, that, that's so funny because you say that, and the fact is Jordan is younger and has played less years in the league. But then yeah, again, we all saw that. him at Brooklyn, so we two all years ago. Two years ago, he dunked 253 times and led the league. Three years ago, mm-hmm. last year he barely made 100 dunks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's had some serious legs. He is not the same Lob City dunker and shot blocker that he was back then. I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah. I'm absolutely not disagreeing. Well, you know, and Dwight had some problems in in Philadelphia too, um, and he basically one of the reasons he wasn't heavily recruited to go back to Philadelphia was because he really did not play to the level that he played with the Lakers. 
you never know what you're going to get with old guys and, and fit becomes a really critical thing. It's a tough situation for centers in the NBA today because the position is changing almost instantly every season. And you see guys left and right now who are, are traditional centers having to learn how to shoot. I mean, Marcus all never took a three the first four or five years that he played just the same as Brooke Lopez. And yet, you know, these are guys that basically adapt to try to make their lengthen their career to try to resurrect their career and so forth. And that's almost the challenge that everybody in the center position has to do. So there's no doubt that, I mean, the big argument I get from everybody all the time is, is what does it matter? You know, what does it really matter if, uh, if uh, DeAndre Jordan plays six to eight minutes at the start of each half? I remember last year, a lot of the time, we ended the first quarter behind in points. And we ended the first half, started the second half with the same troubles. And then I think there's also the challenge of playing one style and, for example, Anthony Davis playing a different position during the regular season. And then all of a sudden in the playoffs, he jacks it up and he has to play center position. It's a big discussion and a a big conversation going on in Twitter as to what is the most dangerous position for Anthony Davis to play? Is it the four or is it the five? And it's not really the position, it's the types of plays. You know, it's like the injuries with LeBron, getting some guy swinging into your leg and taking your leg out is not something that would normally have happen at any position. You know, it's just one of those fluke things. So it's more, you know, and, and Davis injured himself while he was playing the five, but while driving from outside as if he was playing a four. So it's it's a lot of it. It's a hard thing to predict as to what what really is the safer position for him to play. I like the simple fact that I'd rather have him go one against one against the center than two against one when he's a power forward and also has the other team's center guarding him. So we'll see what happens. It's a big question that remains to be decided in training camp as well as it's probably the decision that determines who starts because if you start Dwight Howard, for example, and you pretty well better have Ellington as your shooter that you put in the game because he's the guy who's going to be the most prolific shooter that you've got. But if you don't start, if you don't start a, a, somebody like uh, Dwight Howard, then maybe you're better off to go to, you know, a combination of guys who can shoot threes and play defense, you know, and we've got a couple of guys who can do that, who can do that pretty well. You know, if the can, can really still show that he still has that ability to be a strong wing defender, uh, you, you take him and, and base more and your defense is not going to hurt very much at all. And in fact, if you add rim protection to the perimeter defense that we have now, I think we can even be better defensively next year. So it's a great topic. I'm in the process of writing an article on the same topic, so it was appropriate. And uh, I'll keep my fingers crossed, even though nobody except myself believes that Anthony Davis is going to start at center for the Lakers. (laughs) Yeah, that laughing is provided to you by Admiral Admiral Jamie Sweet. Uh, If you want to hear more, you want to just go ahead and check out Lakerholics.com because the conversation is always flowing there. And also the laughing at each other, both Jay, Laker Tom mm-hmm. and at us. And Jamie and I probably Laker respond to each other's posts more than anybody else in the blog. 100%. Yep, yep, 100% indeed. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Also here today to talk about the trade and the ending of the Marcus All era, and also as well to talk about what we're going to do with DeAndre Jordan. I have a feeling they're going to start him. I just have this feeling they're going to, I don't, I don't I'm not exactly calling it the best thing in the world. I just saying that with the track record we've seen from Frank Vogel and the fact that they liked Dwight Howard coming off the bench, I, I'm just saying JaVale McGee 2.0 will be DeAndre Jordan. I have a feeling I'm just not liking it. But here today to talk about it, as far as the trade is concerned, that's Marcus Saul that went to the Grizzlies today with a 2024 second-round pick and some cashola to help the Grizzlies out. And in return, Wang Jilin from China, who I'm hoping we'll get a chance to see one day because he's still 27. And he's, I heard, like I said, from a good friend, Rafael Barlow, maybe a good backup seven-footer. You never know. You never know. But here today to talk about the end of the Marcus Saul era and the, I guess, debut of the DeAndre Jordan era, Lob City once again, maybe, hopefully, mm-hmm. might be. I know, I know, I know. Is a good man indeed, but you got to check out what he does as our Lakers historian at LakerHollis.com. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. Looking like a fashion model indeed. There you go. As I said before the show, Simu Liu, he's making a ton of cash right now, starring in Shang-Chi because he couldn't make anything as those stock models. He only made like what he said he got paid a hundred bucks just to pay some credit bills and he signed his likeness away forever. So now he's all over the place for, you know, just because now he's famous. But my friend, great to have you here. Looking sharp, my friend. What do you have to say about the end of Marcus Saul and the beginning of DeAndre Jordan? Boy, thank you very much, Mr. Glassford, and welcome. Or he could be the thing. Or he could be the thing. <laughs> so, sort of bittersweet with this one. It's disappointing things didn't work out with Mark. I thought it that fell a lot on Vogel more than Gasol himself. Um, Drummond is what it fell on. <laughs> yeah. Drummond and, did it. And um, the new DeAndre uh, Jordan era. Yeah, I think you're right, Gerald. I think you're connecting the dots correctly there. From a rational point of view, I think he may well indeed end up starting, which is disappointing too. I mean, I'm not a fan of his right now. Um, There's a reason he's not palling around with his best friends for life in Brooklyn. Yeah, no. <laughs> You know, Gerald, at some point... And that they don't seem broken up that he's gone off the team either. You notice that correlation. Yes, and and you have to think that at some point, Steve Nash invited KD down to his house in Manhattan Beach and basically told him, look, 
I know you like this guy and your friends, <laughs> but he's washed. And I can't play him in serious minutes with you, Kyrie, on the floor. And at that point, I don't think James Harden had entered into the equation. But what? with Harden's acquisition, it, it made it easier to make DeAndre dispensable. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't needed at that point. Well, it's so funny because you don't hear the outcry from either of the guys, Irving or Durant, like you did with Laker Tom's best friend, Jared Dudley, mm-hmm. when he didn't get picked up by the Lakers. And you know what? I'm sad that he didn't get picked up by the Lakers as a coach. Now, mm-hmm. as a player, you know, thank goodness, because that these two <laughs> roster spots are open. I'm glad that, that we could fill, well, actually three roster spots. I'm glad one of them was filled up by Rajon Rondo instead of Jared Dudley. Yes, I never thought in a million years I would say that until the NBA bubble, but that's that's, a need I digress. But I want to just say right now that, you know, you saw LeBron getting all upset with Jared Dudley. I didn't hear that with with Brooklyn. So I am very afraid of what kind of product we're going to get out there when DeAndre, like Laker Tom says, he's just going to be more frustrated game in game out because we're going to be constantly behind in the first and third quarters as far as losing those quarters with that period of time is concerned so i'm really worried about that but your thoughts i express the same concerns as both of you gentlemen in, in regards to that i mean it it's a tall order this is a competitive league and if you stumble and fall behind it takes a lot of energy to come back and you're right gerald with uh with the DJ playing, oh my God, anywhere from, you know, eight to 16 minutes that, that, that could be, you know, definitely in the red for us. I don't think a point differential will exist where um, DeAndre Jordan is a plus. Yeah. That's the problem I have with it as well, but also here today to talk about what's going on with this trade and also the future with DeAndre Jordan is a good man. Indeed. He's our own Admiral Akbar. You got to go ahead and catch his awesome articles as five things in that column right there at Lakerholics.com. It is Jamie Sweet, the man who, and I'm thinking with him and I might be doing some late night stuff because we enjoyed it during the past. <laughs> We're going to be, might be doing some more late night stuff here as far as some late night shows and whatnot. So I'm looking forward to that. But my friend, great to have you here. So sorry I disappointed you by getting out of the Beard Club. But I wanted to go ahead and talk to you now about. I know. See, he's he's dejected already. But DeAndre Jordan, I, I think you're more dejected about having DeAndre Jordan on the team than you are really, and Marcus Saul being gone than actually me losing my beard. Or could that be the case? Uh, no, I'm a little. Uh, the beard weighs have more heavily on my psyche than uh, the departure of Gasol and DeAndre Jordan. Uh, you know, us beardies, there's only so many beardies out there, so we, we got to stick together. And it was this, itching me like crazy, Gerald, like a dirty I'm rat. Going, I'm going the, like this, itching the whole time. That's itching me. Well, I don't know how you do it. I don't, is I is the know. beard brotherhood like the bald brotherhood? Exactly. I'm not joining. I don't want to join that one. I'm not joining that one. Sorry. They go hand in hand, I think. That's definitely not true. That's not true in my case. Uh, I don't. I'm. I'm. I must be the redheaded stepchild or one or the other one. You're still young. (laughs) How's your dad? How's your dad doing? Uh, He's still alive. (laughs) How's the hair? It's still good. 
No, no, he's he's he, he we get mistaken for brothers every once in a while. I actually look older, wow. older than him. He's been like a he's been a vegetarian and a yoga teacher since I was born. Oh, great. Uh, so he, you know, he, he did not put his body through some of the wear and tear that I put my body through, <laughs> uh, in every sense of the word. And so, he, in some cases, he gets mistaken for the younger brother as the younger brother. <laughs> like, yeah, you have a chance not to join the bearded balls, which makes me think I've got a great shot at the AARP uh, single scene. Uh, yeah. I feel like I can really, you know, should it ever come to that, I, I think I could probably. My, my dad lived to 101, so I'm keeping yeah. my fingers crossed. There you go. That's that's a goal. That's a goal. Uh, in terms of Marcus, you know, I I have to agree uh, with the notion that that was as much on uh, Vogel and the signing of Drummond and really just the weird season that we had. You know, he I think played fewer than thirty games with eighty and LeBron, uh, and, and that was that's I kind of look at that for every Laker who wasn't on the team last year that's moved on. I look at that as like, well, we don't really know how it actually could have worked, right? Because AD was hurt for most of the season. LeBron was hurt for the most important parts of the season. Uh, and, you know, it's just, a, it's, I, I give that, I give that team an incomplete grade. We'll, we'll never really know. I won't, I won't begrudge them that much. They, I think they all did their best to of their abilities. Uh, I thought that as an organization in general, we kind of took a little bit of a step back last season uh, and I think a lot of that was due to the quick turnaround. I think, you know, from the front office down, there was just not a lot of time really to even celebrate an incredible accomplishment. You know, never got a parade, never got to vent, never got, you know, there's so many of the things that came with getting a championship in the title, in the bubble, that this, that team never got to experience. And then it was like, and now you're back to work. Let's, let's get it done. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yep. and that was it. I mean, that was how it went, you know, for, for the Lakers and for the Heat. So, and I thought you saw the same thing with the Heat last season, where they just kind of came out of the gates like, oh, okay, yeah, let's, let's, we're, we're doing this, huh? Okay, Whew, this is a lot of work. Like, you know, it's it's a lot to prep for an NBA season. And it's a lot to keep your body going throughout an NBA season. And to do it with that short turnaround, I thought, you know, was a huge hill that would, would have taken a tremendous amount of luck for the Lakers to overcome, and they didn't. Uh, so I wish Mark Gasol well. I've always liked Mark Gasol. The Gasol brothers' uh, style of basketball is, I think, a very pure and organic style of basketball that's team-oriented, uh, not uh, self-oriented or or motivated by uh, accomplishing a statistical goal of any kind, really. They just like to win, and they'll do whatever it takes to do it. And they like to get others involved. And I always like players that like to get others involved. I like Luke Walton. I like Magic Johnson. I like Lamar Odom. All the guys who like to share the, I like LeBron James for the same reason, you know, share the rock, get the, hit the open man. You're playing good basketball at that point. So, uh, you know, I, I, I prefer the Mark Gasol skill set to the DeAndre Jordan. It's so funny, uh, you know, I, and I, I, I'm only going to say this here this one time, but I, I can remember with great fondness when both JaVale and McGee and Dwight Howard were no longer on the Laker rosters and Laker Tom was dumping this and dumping that and dumping this player and dumping that player and dump, 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 dump. Well, they dump everybody but three. They dump 2.0 of that same situation, except for that DeAndre Jordan isn't half the winner that JaVale McGee is uh, because he's never been a part of a championship anything. Uh, the only thing he won was the rights to tell Mark Cuban he hid himself in his own house uh, with Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and Doc Rivers while they watched Netflix or whatever they did back then. 
Uh, I don't know. If, I think you would have gotten DVDs in the mail from Netflix back then, if I if I remember correctly. About that was about the DVD in the mail era of Netflix, if I recall. Uh, and so we're back with uh, a lengthy, not as mobile as maybe you want, not as you know athletic and jumpy as maybe you want. And available McGee Center and Dwight Howard 3.0 on the Lakers. Uh, you know. So uh, it's an interesting. I, I am not a fan of the DeAndre Jordan signing at all. Uh, I don't understand why we would. If there's other players that are younger that do what he does. <laughs> and so I don't see him as being like one of those guys who brings something and takes like a maybe not as winning culture and pushes it over the edge to the winning culture side. Like Jared Dudley obviously did. And uh, we hope Rajon Rondo will do. Um, I would have just preferred to keep Jared Dudley, frankly, uh, which is astounding for me to say because I thought that Jared Dudley didn't have much to bring to the basketball court and was only a mentor role. But uh, here we are. And we don't have a team that needs mentors, right? Like all of our team is old. There's not (laughs) – it's like we don't need five guys telling Kendrick Dunn and Malik Monk what to do, right? Like, you know, Monk, you know, you should get it. We don't need a bunch of guys like yelling at him. So it's to me a uh, stupefying sighting. Uh, I, I don't see any logic in it at all. I don't. I don't get it, frankly. Unless like somebody in the Laker front office lost a bet to DeAndre Jordan was like, "All right, dude, like we'll bring you on the team if you know you hit ten free throws in a row while you're drunk." And then he did it. And I, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know where this is coming from. When the rumors started flying around, I was like, "Why? What? Why? Why?" <laughs> Because we already had Dwight Howard. We already have a more mobile, a more athletic, better dunker, better shot blocker, all of it. Uh, so unless there's concerns about Dwight's age, which I guess are legit, and maybe maybe somebody's been playing with DeAndre Jordan in the offseason and they're like, oh, you know, he switched to a, a no-steak diet and he's killing it. You know, no more fettuccine Alfredo chicken dinners or whatever. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, those are the only things that I can fathom, that somebody, like, you know, who actually plays is like, you know, take a look at that DeAndre Jordan guy again. You know, for, for the vet men, he's not the worst signing. So that's my hope is that, you know, he's put the last four injury-plagued seasons behind him. And is ready to contribute at a level anywhere near what he ever did as a Clipper. With a hundred dunks, I think he's got Marcus all beaten pretty well as far as offensive gravity, uh, vertical gravity, and I and I also think rim protection is the other major factor that the Lakers didn't have any rim protection at all when AD was not playing the five, and so I think that uh, it's it's it gives him it gives him. Some of the same things that JaVale McGee gave him. Defense from protecting the rim and so forth. Um, a couple of things. I heard a, I heard a great story about Mark Gasol that I'd never heard before. Apparently, Mark had gotten the news that the Lakers had traded, you know, for his brother, Powell. And Powell was going to go over there and play with Kobe and so forth. And, and, and Mark was all excited and thought that was terrific. And you have to remember that Mark was drafted by the Lakers, so he thought he was going to be there too. And then it was about 15 minutes later when they apparently told him, oh, by the way, <laughs> the guy that they traded your brother for was you. <laughs> so, and this is the second time now that we've, uh, that we've traded, traded Mark to uh, the Grizzlies, which is a pretty amazing little thing. Um, you know, <laughs> I share all three all three of your concerns about DeAndre Ayton. 
But I do think that there is an element of truth that we were trying to revert back. And as Jamie pointed out, I definitely had dumped Dwight and dumped JaVale mercilessly last year. But I've been in favor of bringing Dwight back all year. A lot of my reactions to the center situation are that I'm a big believer in having a stretch five, especially with three superstars that aren't good three point that aren't good three point shooters. You need to get as many shooters as you can in the lineup. Um, will it matter? You know, think about the Paul the the Marcus Saul situation because. Even when you get to the end of the year and he wasn't playing well and so forth, and you go through the whole season, the starting lineup with Mark on it had a positive net rating all year long. That's not going to happen if they start with DeAndre Jordan. Jordan. DeAndre Jordan, yeah. Yeah, and it's not going to happen if they start with Dwight Howard. Uh-uh. Yeah, or is it? Because one thing I don't think everybody realizes is how good this team is going to be in the regular season for one simple reason. Just the relentless motor of Russell Westbrook. I mean... And, and talent. <laughs> you, you, when you've got three guys starting, and it's Russ and, and AD and LeBron, and frankly, I could take any two guys off the Laker lineup, I think, and stick them in there and... And that starting lineup is still going to have the best net rating, probably one of the best net ratings on the team because it's going to be the only time when we're playing those three guys together. Well, well, let's starting let's, and ending games. Let's face it, Tom. That 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 game feature. I, I think it is the first regular season game is Russ versus Steph. Oh, that's. If I'm not mistaken, I believe the Lakers are playing the Warriors uh, yeah. opening night. I'm pretty sure you're right. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I, I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. <laughs> that, it doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. With DeAndre Jordan now on the team, we have to consider the fact that this is trying to run it back, even though DeAndre Jordan is not quite as good. I, I, I know Laker Tom might be crazy, think I'm crazy when I'm saying this, but DeAndre Jordan is not JaVale McGee, because JaVale McGee is still an individual who, even at a comparative age, still has retained quite a bit of his athleticism. And the reason why he is gold medal winning Olympian JaVale McGee is because of the fact he is still able to go ahead and guard somewhat out on the perimeter. He's still able to do some things that he was able to do in his Golden State years. He's still able to go ahead and be very athletic. The fact that he is still not having to go ahead and rely upon minimum contracts is the fact he can still go ahead and provide that that block shot threat from the from behind, you know, right when it, you know somebody's gonna be able to go ahead and get around the guards, somebody's able to go around and get it out forward. 
they're able to still go ahead and use JaVale McGee as a back line of defense, and he's still very good at that part of it, even though he's always hunted blocks. We all know this sometimes to the chagrin of, of some defenses because it doesn't always work that way. But again, he is who he is, and he, the reason why it worked so well in the Lakers was he was not only just a lob threat, but it was great having not one but two real uh, real block shot threats. In fact, you know, it almost seems like at times they were having a competition between him and Anthony Davis on, on block shots and how many they would get during the course of a game. It was kind of interesting to see how the Lakers were leading the league in the block shots and, and just seemed to be seemed to key in on that defense and also create a lot for the transition. That's something that we don't talk about enough of and that I stress a lot that the Lakers are in their best position and will be in their best position when they're in transition, especially with Russ there. But one of the ways you do that is by having a back line and the perimeter back line of the defense that you're going to go ahead and, you know, the intimidation factor or just be able to create those turnovers and create those block shots. And the only way to do that is to have those vertical threats. And DeAndre Jordan, is he still that vertical threat? I don't know. As Jamie yeah, averaged 1.9 blocks per game last season. No, 1. it was 1.1. 1. 1.1. 1. 1. 1. He and Gasol had the exact same number of block shots per game. Oh, That's God. why I'm concerned. 1.1. 1. 1. Yeah. yeah, but the, the nature of the blocks are different because <laughs> Marshall <laughs> occurred at the waist and, and JaVale's occurred up at the rim. You know, there's a big difference there. He said it, not I. He said I it, know. I, I heard it, and I still am disbelief. Okay. <laughs> yes, of course. I guess one's a steal then, right? If it's down by the waist, does that not qualify? I don't know. Okay. Uh, anyway. Tom, I mean, this is something that you have been very adamant about not going back to is this type of, of committee, center committee, because it takes away from who should really be at the number five yeah. position. Mm-hmm. I get that. I understand that. But obviously, Frank Vogel and – Rob Blinka, they don't get that. They, they Do you think so? This. Do you really think so? <laughs> here's two, here's two pieces of evidence that, that I find in contradiction. The first is everybody says that this is LeBron James' team, and if you want to do anything, you run it by LeBron. Well, apparently they didn't run by LeBron not bringing back. Your favorite. My favorite. Best 15th man of the year, 15th man on the roster in, in, uh, in Jared Dudley. So that was really a surprise that LeBron would not be part of that decision. Or was he part of the decision and decided that we need a shooter instead of a mentor? Then there's a second situation, which is we wouldn't have traded for Russell Westbrook without talking with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who met with him, and who, from all accounts, they all discussed the whole issue of the lack of shooting if the three of them are playing together on the court, and Davis saying that he was going to play a lot more center. So I haven't heard anybody from the Lakers front office or coaching staff say anything about the rotation or who's going to start at center. And I don't think that Frank normally announces that type of stuff ahead of time. You know, everybody knows that it's going to be LeBron, AD and Russ and two guys. Okay. Nobody knows who the two guys are going to be, but I suspect that there's a clear understanding from the Lakers management and coaching staff based upon the fact 
that they made the Russell Westbrook trade after the three superstars had talked. I think that's a pretty good understanding that at the least Anthony Davis is going to play as much five as he played last in the championship season. He's not going to be playing the 10 and 20% that we saw last year. Um, and I think there's a good chance still that, that he's going to start. And if he doesn't start, whoever starts in his place is going to have to make sure that they maintain a strong net rating for that lineup. If they have any hopes of starting down, going down the road. Um, and the thing to remember about when you get enthralled with JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard's statistics is they both were benched by the end of the playoffs. They both got played off of the floor. They both and their replacements will get played off of the floor this year. Um, the only reason that didn't happen last year is because 80 was sick. 80 was injured and, and just, and LeBron was injured. Um, I would throw in that there is also a fourth person who can play center on the Los Angeles Lakers. And imagine a lineup with LeBron James and uh, let's say Carmelo Anthony and, uh, and three of those other shooters, you know, none and none and uh, uh, Ellington and, and uh, you know, you have a combination there where you could put LeBron down in the post and have four shooters outside on him. And man, they're going to be impossible to cover LeBron. And we saw some of that action during the year where LeBron was really focusing on posting up. And I think that's one of the things that the Lakers are also trying to do with the whole new alignment of, of AD playing the five, which is to get LeBron and AD to stop shooting threes and get closer to the basket and start playing post basketball, low post basketball. Cause we've got the shooters now, if we put them outside and spread them, that can create real one-on-one situations for both of those guys down low in the post. And I like the idea of getting them closer to the basket. When Russ drives, if he can get to the rim and just get the ball up off of the glass, that is almost a pass. That's almost a pass or a lob to a dunk when you've got guys like AD and LeBron playing the four and five and closing in on, on the, the rim at that point in time. So it's it's going to be an interesting, interesting situation. And I, right now I'm feeling about 50-50. I really think there's a 50% chance that the Lakers are all in on, on AD starting. He may only play the first six minutes and then go off and then come back and may play the last six minutes. May just be 12 of his 36 minutes that he plays starting of each half. But I think that he's, I think he's up for it. I think. Frank is probably up for it too. And I think that it's going to be a situation where this is a superstar driven league. The superstars already talked about how they're going to play. Don't discount that too quickly. Well, and, and it's also the individual motivation for Anthony Davis this year as well. Look, we all know Ben Simmons. He could have won defensive player of the year, but he collapsed in the playoffs and nobody's going to buy his stock right now. Uh, Rudy Gobert, um, I believe now, is a three-time winner of Defensive Player of the Year. He still hasn't made it to an NBA Finals. If Anthony Davis is motivated this year defensively, he will be a clear-cut winner 
uh, for Defensive Player of the Year, no doubt. Well, no doubt indeed. We're going to be taking a look at this team, how it's folding. Right now, there are 13, 13 spots on the roster, guaranteed spots. There's still two open spots remaining. Who are they going to be? Are they going to be left open? We're going to discuss that in upcoming episodes. Hopefully that will be rectified in one way or another, or you leave them open for buyouts and things of that nature. Hopefully better buyouts than DeAndre Jordan. Wait and see. But guys, before we head on out, please, it's time to pitch your wares at Lakerholics.com. So I want to bring it over to you, my friend, Mr. Jamie Sweet, the guy behind five things. Who does such a great job with that. And again, we're hinting that we might be doing some late night stuff in the future for Lakers fast break. So looking forward to that. Cause you said you wanted to do, you know, you're, you're up, I, you're a night owl. You're a night, night owl. owl. So, and I, I often wake whoop, up after whoop, I put my kid whoop. to bed. So that's, that's the real thing is that one, you know, when I'm hanging out with my uh, daughter between the, for her final waking hours, I usually fall asleep for a little bit and then wake up and I'm like, well, now I am awake. Welcome <laughs> to old age, my friend. Welcome to old age. I swear I'll get a disco ball if we do it for, uh, if we do it for this season. I, I, I mentioned it last year and I, and I didn't make good on that promise. So. <laughs> You failed me, man. You failed me. There you go. Well, now that makes both of us letting each other down, doesn't it, Gerald? Yes, I know. I know. I'm sorry. But clean as a baby's bottom there. Soft and smooth. I have a baby at the bottom, and I don't believe that for one second. Uh, Butter is amazing, Jamie. There you go. There you go. It's, it's called oh shaving cream. There oh you go. Well, that's what my five great things will be about. Uh, the five shaving great things cream? that would have been if Gerald had kept his beard. No, uh, I, I, <laughs> I joke. I joke. Uh, you know, I, I don't have anything. Direct. I'm kind of waiting to see how we fill out the roster. Um, I've got, you know, kind of marinating in my brain. I've got a, you know, there's a definite like. You know, we signed a lot of guys. It's like basically a whole new team. And we're really, if you look at like news on the Lakers, it's what's happening with Marcus Gasol? What's this DeAndre Jordan thing? And nobody cares about Kendrick Nunn, Carmel Anthony, Kent Bazemore, Trevor Ariza, Malik Monk. You know, all these other guys we got who I hope have bigger roles than DeAndre Jordan does. Because if that doesn't happen, then I think we're going to be in huge trouble, especially in the playoffs. Um, I think that all of this talk about the conversation that Russ and I, I would, you know, a lot of it has been like hearsay and like, it's like, and they did this thing and, and a lot has been extrapolated from that. And I would not be too surprised if it mainly centered around what they do in the playoffs, because the three of them together, if they're healthy, are going to get into the playoffs. Like it's just a matter of where is it four? Is it two? Is it seven? Is it one? The only question is the seating. So, and they have I no competition think... in the West either, too, with all of the injuries of their main competitors. Well, let's just see how Clay comes back, and let's see how Jamal comes back. And I feel like Dame time is going to be pretty motivated. Kawhi's not going to come back. Um, I, I mean, I didn't ever – I mean, the Clippers I've never considered to be a serious threat to be anything except break out of the mediocre bubble that they've lived in for their entire lives. So once they do that – The competition for us is in the East this year. Uh, it's the Bucks and it's the Bucks and the Nets. Uh, you should probably worry a little more about the Dallas Mavericks, I feel like, and you should probably a little, worry a little more about Phoenix. And Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I don't – yeah, I would say, you know, of all – everybody has to – you know – 
per per the uh, hoops god edict, you must uh, pay reverence to the current champion. And so, you know, everybody's everybody get, better give Milwaukee their due, or or they risk angering the basketball so, gods. So I think there's a team that is really sneaky. And if an injured player of theirs comes back, possibly in the second round of the playoffs, a.k.a. the Denver Nuggets, if Jamal Murray comes back and they're firing on all cylinders, watch out. Gerald Gerald said it before he got injured. They were playing like a championship-caliber basketball team, and I happen to agree with them. They were undefeated, I think, for a stretch right after they got Aaron Gordon, and they were playing unbelievable basketball. And then also the fact that during the regular season, they're going to get an inordinate amount of games, one, because of where they're at in the high altitude, and the same thing goes for Utah. And I think that's if the the reason why Utah might be ahead of Lakers at the, you know, as far as for a regular season, if they are, it would be mainly because of that, because they have such a a great record at home. People got to say, you know what? It's just a factor. It's just a given that Detroit, that Denver and Utah just play better at home than a lot of other people's like Philadelphia. If Philadelphia Mm -hmm. is uh, competing in the East during the regular season, it's simply because of the fact that they are so darn good at home over the past three years that it makes it hard for other teams. If they're not focusing at home, like the Lakers, Staples Center is not an undefeated place for them. They played really mediocre basketball at times at Staples Center. And Laker Tom will even admit to that because we've seen some frustrating losses. In fact, they play much better on the road over the past two seasons than they have at home. So they play better in the bubble. (laughs) Yeah, they play better in the bubble. I mean, well, it just goes to show you right there. I mean, just when the Lakers focus, you see what happens. And the Lakers seemingly on the road the past two years have or two seasons, I should say, that have really focused more on the road than they have at home. I mean, this is an amazing amount of surprising losses at the Staples Center. But again, I don't know if that's going to be the case. We're going to go ahead and look at it in the coming weeks and, and see where they line up. But I would not let Phoenix or, like you said, Dallas, who, if they get an MVP like performance from Luka Doncic, it's going to be right there in the mix. And if KP is going to get healthy and bright, could and actually end up being a solid number two is what what they hope for in Dallas. You never know, right there. But yeah, Lakers will so win seventy games. Did you what? You just said the Lakers will win seventy games, which I'm not uh, sure uh, what that's in response to. I may have I, lost my hearing in Hawaii. I don't know. I tell you, <laughs> I, I have a more in the 62, 65 range. Uh, I think sixty two is a good number. That would mean they only lost twenty games all season. I think we'll be bad and. And one or the other back-to-backs. I remember two uh, I think Vegas ago. has them at 54 or 55 right now. That's a little low in my opinion. I feel like that means we probably dropped some winnable games. And I hope that this squad is and also they're not going to – LeBron and AD are not going to pay 82 games. I really hope not. I hope – I honestly, if I'm being honest, and I know it won't happen because LeBron has that kind of Kobe gene in him that makes him feel uh, – that he has to play for the fans. Yes, exactly. So uh, I would love it if he didn't play in the second game of back-to-backs this season, like just that, like no other load management, like just don't play two games in a row, let the body get right, like stay right, be ready. If you get 70 games from LeBron, I think that's a good number. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I glanced if at you the have, schedule. That's I one of the big advantages of having a of having a big three, though. Agreed. No, I thought what happened to the Nets. They were able to take guys and give them a day off because you got three superstars. You still go out with two superstars and beat them almost every team that you play. As long as you got yeah. three when you meet the big competitors, you'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, well, they didn't. They never They never really yeah, – they right. never, ever did. Well, uh, he ended up with I, one and a half. I would and, like to avoid – I would like to avoid half, half, a superstar, half a superstar doesn't work, as we found out. <laughs> yeah. But, you Who know, you half? got other... – Harden? Harden was the half with his gippy him. <laughs> But you're working on some things for your column, but you're just seeing how everything is playing out, correct? Yeah, I mean, I mean we're, we're letting some things marinate. I'm really excited to see Russell Westbrook play, but my second favorite newest Laker, to be honest, just without seeing anything at all, uh, is Carmelo Anthony. I've always liked Carmelo Anthony's game. Uh, I've always thought I thought that it was a, a freaking tragedy when he was not in the league for over a year. I thought that was one of the great... Uh, sport injustices of our time, to be honest. Um, and uh, in terms of like a league saying, it's like after Colin Kaepernick, it's like Carmelo Anthony. And for reasons that don't even make sense, like the dude could always, like who doesn't need somebody to score in a basketball team? Like how Charlotte, exactly. how the Charlotte Hornets never like, ah, hell, let's, let's give Carmelo Anthony $5 million. Like I will never understand. I'll never understand that. So that's just one of the mind-boggling things of the last 10 years in the NBA, but uh, I'm really excited to see Carmelo Anthony play uh, with LeBron. I, I have a sneaky suspicion that you, could, if AD starts, uh, and I've long since the beginning said that the biggest impediment to AD starting at the five is not so much AD not wanting to play the five, but LeBron probably not really wanting to play the four against some guys. Uh, small ball lineup, sure, I don't think LeBron cares where he plays, but he doesn't want to bang against Julius Randle. He doesn't want to bang against some of the big – he doesn't want to, like, you know, not for the whole game. You know, for a few minutes at the end of the half, a few minutes to close out the game, yeah, sure, of course. That's different. But, like, to start the game and, like, start it off getting pounded and start the game off against a bruising guy like Zion, I, I don't see I, – I, I think that I, I, as a coach and as a fan, I don't want to see that. Like, I want LeBron to be at his best at the end of the season when he will certainly do whatever it takes to win a basketball game. So – that's my hope for the season. So that means that we might see uh, a little more Carmel Anthony at five, at the four rather. And you could even argue that Carmel Anthony could be a, a small ball five. I mean, just stick him under the basket. Ariza could play the four too. That's basically what he's been playing. I know, but I feel like that's one of the reasons he hasn't had positive seasons. I feel like he's really kind of fallen off with that kind of wear and tear on his body. And, and it, it kind of shows up in the games missed and, and his sort of stat lines over the, you know, uh, not a lot has been asked of him either on the last couple of teams he's been on. So that's, I, I, I have a context uh, is really important. I agree. So I feel like we have better options at the four, but not a lot of options at the four, which is why I wouldn't mind seeing us get another mid-sized player, uh, somebody around 6'10". We already have have 10 new players, man. Well, we have two more guys, and, and frankly, I know, but I'm we're going to get the two more. Every one of them can do because there's some really – the. I think the floor that we have this year compared to previous years is much higher assuming that we're still healthy. And I think the ceiling, the ceiling, I don't even know what the ceiling is for this team. A lot of it just depends on whether these three guys can gel. Yeah. If they can't gel, we all know we've seen lots of teams that, or if they get injured, we've seen that before, but I haven't 
I don't know if I've seen a situation like this where if these three guys could gel, and you have to be honestly to say the same thing about the three guys on the Nets. If those I mean, three guys can gel, if those six guys can gel, we're gonna and they're healthy, we're gonna have one of the best finals that we've ever seen. And I know Tom, you're a little worried coming into the season that we don't quite have enough trading chips somehow. But uh, well, I will say this: I will say who are this. Trading chips I'll say this. My bigger concern is. Well, I will say this. If Russ struggles, there is always the possibility of a Dave for Russ straight up swap with uh, whatever it takes to grease the wheels of that. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, I know you usually try to fit like a bunch of contracts in for one player. In this case, you should maybe look at one for one deals throughout the league. If, well, I mean, uh, you know, you've got THT at 10 and, and none at five. That's 15 million. That can get you an 18, 19 million dollar player. Yeah. Throw that in throw really in one of the minimum that. guys and you can get a twenty throw in one of the minimum guys and you can get Buddy Healed for the sure, same amount of money. That would be interesting. You know, if if if, if Luke Walton is in an in a coach of the year mode, uh you might see that. Well. Yeah, there's still there's Buddy's still probably one of the guys that gets moved this year, I think. Um but it might probably. it might stretch over into the trade deadline, but same There's an interesting article Sam Quinn just posted, and I, I put a link to it in, in Lakerholics, talking about how cap space is all of a sudden becoming a lot less important to teams. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing the sign and trade being mm-hmm. the mechanism to make sure that you don't lose those free agents for nothing. And part of it, I think, is, too, that everybody was sort of, you know, saving money up for Giannis. And then when Giannis signed, it was like, Oh, well, well who are you saving, saving money, money for? for now? You, right. You're saving it up because you think Kawhi's going to leave or LeBron and AD are going to leave or one of the Nets guys that they're signing long-term are going to leave or that you're going to be able as a free agent to get Dame to come to your team rather than trading. Portland's, there's, that's never going to happen. They're never going to let him get to free agency. You can't do that. And so that's what's happening in the league that it's the trade now that's becoming the big deal. And, the Lakers are short of trading chips. When you got eight guys on minimum contracts, what are you going to do? We'll give you these five guys for your one, you know, mid player. Who are all, who are all to, to a man over thirty? They're all over. They're all over thirty-two. Actually, right? Yeah. I want to say like, there's no. And the ones that we can trade are our twenty-year-old and right. a twenty-three-year-old. Right. No. Yeah, right. Well, that's the fifteen million dollars. So. <laughs> The, the the sides of the bookshelf are quite full. There's just some space in between. That's a little. Right. Uh, you you got to just keep dusting there and hope somebody yep. puts a puts a little uh, you know ivory statue. And and obviously obviously we are in a win now mode. One hundred percent. Yeah. No. That ha- I mean. As I soon mean. As got here, the bring it back yeah. thing was. It started so funny. The first thing they said after the after they were eliminated is we're going to try to bring the team back. Well, they brought it back. They brought back LeBron. They brought back AD, and they brought back THT. <laughs> and they left everybody else, including Caruso. They said goodbye. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that one may come back to bite them a little bit, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. But that's anyway, Joe. That's what I'm working on right now. Well, there is areas of concern when it, when it comes to the backcourt defense. Uh, I really have some concerns in regards to that. But that's for another conversation for another day. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. 
That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. But before we head on out, our Lakers historian, that is the man indeed, Mr. Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, the male model now of Lakerholics.com. <laughs> Wanted to ask you this, my friend, before we head on out, what you working on at Lakerholics.com? Well, is it actually, a Wang Jilin bio? That's on the menu. I'm not ready to put it in the oven yet. Okay, because I'm watching Just the highlights Just watch the highlights right and you'll... You won't want to worry about it at all. <laughs> I'm watching the highlights right now when he scored 51 points. Uh, yeah, he scored 51 points, and he looks like Marcus All on the court. Wow, he well, is uh, <laughs> not a fleet of foot. Yeah. No, he doesn't jump. It's a two-handed dunk. He can barely get off of the ground. I only watched the first half of the highlights because half of the highlights are missed shots <laughs> or missed free throws. I don't know where yeah. he got 51 points. So well, but Raphael likes him, so that's something in his corner. So, so before I sign off, guys, I just wanted to say that uh, I had an epiphany during this podcast, which is great because now I have something to really sink my teeth in from a historical <laughs> perspective. It's funny hearing Love City again. I'd just like to point out from my main man, the all-time great Sean Kemp. That most of Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan dunks were actually tap-ins. They would tap the ball. Oh, rather than lob. Yes. And so they mischaracterized them as Lob City. Sean Kemp and Gary Payton were Lob City. (laughs) You remember it well. Yeah. And a thread down there, we're talking about why Dwight Howard and, and didn't get along with Philly. And Tom is right. There was misfits all over the court. But the main reason was, for some reason, Doc thought he could put Ben Simmons and Dwight Howard on the court mm. together and magic would happen. <laughs> and <laughs> you can wish in one hand oh and in the other. And that's what happened to Doc. Yeah. And then as we go further down this thread, I'm going to be talking about grit and grind. As a Laker fan, unapologetically, I really loved their style of play when they weren't playing us. And grit and grind needed a central nervous system, and that was Marcus All. Yeah, but unfortunately, his career may be at an end here in the NBA. He may be brought back, or he may want to come back at some point in time down the road, maybe later this season, even with an NBA team. We'll wait and see, but I don't know at this point in time, and we may be seeing the last of Marcus All. He wants, he's happy now in Spain, I guess, according to all reports. So I wish him all the best. I'm hoping he and brother Pau will actually team up in Europe and hopefully they will end their careers together. That's my deepest wish. I appreciate the fact that he did give a go with the Lakers and unfortunately didn't come to fruition the second time around. But I wish him and his family all the best. And DeAndre Jordan, we'll see what happens with that. I know the speculation begins as far as it's concerned, but before we head on out, it is going to be the man indeed. He has a lot of articles that are coming your way that are locked in the chamber, as our good friend, once again, Rafael Barlow would say, it is Laker Tom, what you working on before we head on out at Lakerholics.com. I'm actually working on an article about the center situation. Um, So that'll be out hopefully tomorrow. And the article actually does look at all four options that we have presenter, including LeBron James. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think we've got, what, 
not the 28th of September. Is that when training camp starts? Yep. We're about three yep. weeks out. Yeah. Well, you know, the, 3rd... First day is, the first day they take pictures. The second yep. day they do the, the press stuff. And then and, 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 and the day. first preseason game is October 3rd. So yeah. they get around to practicing um, at some point in time. Yes. Tom, what, what will your emotional state be if for the first preseason game, there's AD at the five? The truth of the matter is that I think that it probably doesn't isn't going to matter because I think the team is going to be so dominant with the three superstars in the lineup and with with Russ pushing the pace that I think we're going to have. I, I think I think we could put Gerald at center and we'd still have a positive net rating uh, for the start of the game. Then you uh, better say that. You better agree with that, there, Jamie. Now, I will deny that I've ever said this, so you better get held under this tape. No, it's but, live right there. No, uh, as you, as they used to say, it's live on Memorex. There you go. I think more than anything else, if you were to talk about what my emotions were as the season starts, I don't think I've been as excited about any Lakers team that has such a wide range of possible outcomes. This team could totally be disastrous simply because you've got three superstars who can't shoot the ball, basically. But on the other side, you've got three superstars that while they may not be great three-point shooters, they are so great at so many different areas, including playmaking, scoring. Each one of them has talent to be considered a top five player at their position. And I, I think that the Lakers are going to be spectacular. I think that they've made good moves toward making sure that the chemistry will be better than it was last year. Uh, I think they learned their lesson from Andre Drummond about promising playing time and so forth as a part of a recruitment tool. And I think that there's just so many ways that they improved the offense with the addition of Westbrook and the shooters that they added. Um, and I still think that they can put two guys in there with those three superstars and they'll have just as good a defense as they did last year. So I'm extremely optimistic. Looking forward to the podcast that we've been doing with Gerald this year, uh, other things that we're going to be planning for Lakerholics.com, and I can't wait to get going. We can't wait to get going indeed, yes. But you can find out what Sean, Jamie, and Laker Tom are doing at Lakerholics.com. I do want to make mention of the fact that Brooklyn is not exactly a bunch of spring chickens either. They're kind of old on the back end as well. I mean, every available old all-star is seemingly is on the Lakers or the Nets at this point in time. <laughs> well, we got younger with on with DeAndre. How old is I he? I know. We got, rid of the 35, we got rid of a 35-year-old and got a 32-year-old. But that two makes years. the average age 31 of the Lakers. Uh, if that article is correct, I just brought up. If that's the case in the average yeah. Lakers. I've always been a big fan of old people. Well, okay. Being, being old myself, you know. Do you know that their their combined age is four hundred and three years old? Four hundred and three years old. And their combined earning their combined career earnings are two point two billion dollars. Yeah, wow. absolutely. that's a lot. That's a lot of coin. That's a lot of coin on old coin on the two point two billion. And not all of it is from DeAndre Jordan. Let's just put it that way. When he was locked up in a day. Hey, every one of the guys that's on that list, with the exception of THT and none, you know, every one of those guys has made, like, generational money over their career. Yeah. 
Well, somehow, I'll tell you what. somehow DeAndre Jordan got the best of Mark Cuban. I'll never understand that. Yep, that he did indeed. But we will be continuing to talk about the team. There is two available spots. Will they fill them? Will they not? Yeah. I hope that they will go ahead. So, this- luxury tax will eliminate the 15th spot unless they desperately need it during the season. Well, I yeah. want to see them actually go out and get do what Portland's doing and a little bit of what the Clippers are doing, actually, actually signing NBA veterans to non-guaranteed roster spots to see if any of them will stick. That would be kind of cool to see if there's some actual names out there still. I mean, Portland has been getting a ton of individuals that they are competing in camp for. So it'd be interesting to see if the Lakers could do the same kind because I don't have any real hopes right now for the two-way guys because I think the two-way guys are really a long ways away from being able to contribute. We saw that in Summer League. So we'll see what happens. But right now we're at 13 guaranteed players. Mr. Marcus Saul is no more. We wish him all the best. Mr. DeAndre Jordan is here. Mr. Rondo's here. And we'll be talking continuously about the Lakers. And if you have any questions for us, or if you have a list of your top 10 all-time Lakers, please share them at Lakerholics.com or send it to us at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com, but preferably Lakerholics.com. Please, the best place to go for anywhere in the world for Lakers conversation is Lakerholics.com. Well, guys, great to have you here. Great to have you once again back. I'm back myself from the islands. Got Sands beard. Sorry, Jamie. But we'll see what we can do to go ahead and continue to talk Lakers. I know he's got thumbs down going right now, so sorry, but... (laughs) Hopefully, Jamie will get over it in the coming weeks and months as we continue to talk Lakers. I don't think I will, James. I don't, I don't think I will. Well, still come on the show anyways. It'll create okay. a nice argument that's, for us. That's I have a small permanent stubble now just because oh, I, it's like more convenient than shaving everything. You're, more, you're like Homer J. Simpson. There you go. Were you rebel well, I, indeed? Well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a semi-birdless beard, bearder. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. A bearder or a balder. That should be the title of this episode. But no, I don't think that'll get <laughs> My it. My dad didn't go bald either. Nor, hey. nor downloads. There you go. But How about your dad, Gerald? Was he bald or not? No, he was thinning, which is not a great sign, but he never did go bald, <laughs> thank goodness. So uh, it gets short like mine. I think that's probably the best word. The best representation right now is the way his hair was is to mine. So I'm thankful for that. But Everybody out there, hey, even if it's just to tell us if you're bald or you still got <laughs> yeah. hair, just talk to us. Lakerholics.com, at Lakers Fast Break, or Lakerholics right there for you on Facebook, or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. I thought we were going to get a lawnmower pitch now from you. No, no, they don't. They no longer sponsor us, so yeah, they, they got to dish out the money first. But I guess, I guess that went away though with the Caruso. Yeah, that did. But I still got it, and it still does a great job. But I just the lawnmower. They gave you a lawnmower. It's a yeah, man. It's the manscape. It's the manscape. Yes, the manscape lawnmower at four point it, It's a great deal. I love it. Anybody wants to buy it, go buy it. Does your wife like it? No comment. But I will say this, that it's been great having you guys on the show. Thanks so much for being part of us. I will say, again, we will be back soon. Got some great shows coming up with Rafael Barlow. More with Joe Soar from thegreatlakersball.com. And I'm going to go ahead and get more people out there that love their teams to tell us why they love their teams this year in the coming NBA. Plus their thoughts as other teams fans on what the Lakers are going to do this season. So that'll be some great conversations coming up. And you'll be able to hear that along with us right here 
at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.